This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Hi, everybody. Steve Martirano with you. This is Recovery Radio. I'm working with an orchestra now because I'm going to take the act on the road. We are at Fall Fest, a uh, annual event held in the Lancaster County area where Retreat has set up shop in uh, Ephrata and uh, Akron with their behavioral health facilities. It's a great event for the community, and we're going to find out its origins and uh, its intent and a lot of new and interesting things that are happening in the area of, uh, of behavioral health. We, we begin uh, these programs when we're at Fall Fest with the uh, CEO and founder of uh, Retreat Behavioral Health, Peter Shore. Hello, Peter. Hey, Steve. How are you? You know, when you come up from Florida, as you do so frequently, uh, in addition to your tan, you might want to bring some sunshine every now and then. Uh, yesterday was beautiful. Of course, yesterday was really, was really gorgeous. So, uh, tell me about that band again. They get better every year. Yeah, the, the lead is uh, Quentin Jones, who's in the Rockabilly Hall of Fame. Been in it for 17 years. Aren't you also in the Rockabilly Hall of Fame? I'm in the Billy Hall of Fame. <laughs> Tell us about the origins of Fall Fest. This is the seventh uh, annual event, right? Yeah, we started it uh, seven years ago to give back to the community that's given us so much. Uh, we want to, you know, free food, free music, a lot of activities for the kids. We have a, a one of our race cars that we sponsor. It comes out, starts it up, kids can sit in it. It's just a lot of fun for the community. Yeah, the the, uh, that's the hallmark of it is how, how the uh, community has embraced this. So you came, you came here to set up uh, your business in, in effort uh, initially. Um, at that time, what were some of the th- obstacles you faced with regard to getting integrated into the community? What was their initial reaction to this? The initial reaction was pretty positive because of what was there before us. So they kind of embraced us to, to come in and, and be a resource for the community. We didn't have that, you know, NIMBY, not in our backyard mentality here where it is in a lot of places because it, the facility that we took over was one years ago and then it was a, a children's residential treatment center for very troubled youths about 10 years and kind of ran its course and, and we came in and renovated it, brought a lot of jobs to the community. Uh, most of all brought, you know, a, a lot of resources to the community and especially that was suffering from a lot of addiction problems and, and mental health issues. You were probably the first uh, facility to come up in, in this area, weren't you, of this, of this size? Actually, where, where we are now in our, in our inpatient facility, in 1981, it was a facility called Terraces. Uh, the building was built as a resort in 1966 and ran for about 15 years. And then it was a drug and alcohol treatment center called Terraces. And that ran about 15 years and closed down and became a children's residential treatment center. You know what I'm guessing? That much has changed in 30 years of treating substance yeah, abuse. A lot. And in the 80s, I would guess places like Retreat, Terraces, for instance, were, were uh, situated in Lancaster County in, in er, uh, remote uh, yeah. you know, uh, areas. Uh, because the problems they were dealing with were from other places. Yeah. And people were coming here. That's yeah. changed a lot, right? It has. A lot of community-based programs treat people. Not not so much on the inpatient side. A lot of people you know, want to leave the community. They don't want to be around people that they'll run into uh, at other times, so they leave their community. But the in- outpatient side is, yeah, you know, communities are 
You know, we uh, are in several outpatient centers in, throughout Pennsylvania and through Florida that, you know, we, we treat a lot of different people and we want to be a resource for our community. Yeah. One of the uh, functions of Fall Fest, in addition to giving back to the community, is to keep them abreast on, on any questions they might have about what's going on um, with, with your facilities up here. And there has been changes, uh, significant changes, in uh, your range of services. Tell us about Synergy uh, Health Programs. Yeah, that, that, you know, we've grown as a as a as a company. We've grown and, and our services have grown, and we found the need for to actually have a separate mental health license. Because a large percentage, you know, probably close to eighty percent of our patients coming in for substance use disorder had some kind of mental health issue that gone untreated, and we weren't able to take people in who had mental health as a primary diagnosis. We had to have substance abuse had to be their primary diagnosis. And now we can take people in who have mental health issues as their primary. How, is, how, is that, how did that work before you were licensed to do both? Who made that determination that the problem, because as you say, these things coexist. Which came first and who made the exactly. Who makes that distinction? The chicken and the egg. Yeah. And again, when who makes that distinction? When you do an assessment, and you, and you develop a relationship with patients and really kind of, like we say, peel that onion away and find out what's going on. You find a lot of people have issues that a lot of their addiction reasons is, is because they're numbing themselves from the problems they have with mental health issues. And they're numbing themselves from the pain. So if you don't treat that, and that goes untreated forever, I mean, it's just a vicious cycle on the uh, addiction side. We have... What I, what I find interesting about w- what's going on now is that for the longest time now, we have been as a society and a culture laser-like focused on the opioid uh, situation. And for all the obvious reasons, it's right. been devastating. It's metastasized. It's killing people. But having said that, um, I see the sh- it's not so much a shift in the public's attention, but a sort of widening of it to this mental health area. Right. In other words... It's not so much that, yeah, we know people with substance abuse have mental health issues that co- coexist. It's that maybe there's a bigger problem out here that, that yeah. relates to the substance abuse You know, it, 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 it's generational, too. I mean, what's, what's, what I've seen, we had a, a, a huge, over 500 people showed up on a panel discussion on uh, our youth and mental health. Uh, we had the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas kids who, who obviously suffered some severe trauma. Uh, and other children we invited and their families. And the questions that are asked by these kids are mind-boggling. You know, uh, you know I, I don't feel, well, where do I go? Because when I tell my parents, they say, you know, just buckle up. You can, you'll be fine. Or, you know, they're inundated at school and they can't, they have nowhere to go to help. If I, you know, what do I do? What do I do? Biggest question is, where do I go? What do I do? Who do I call well, you, that's one of the great things about uh, retreat and and uh, and their effort. Now, it's not it's not that you've just hung a new designation on your shingle. No. Um, you're going to integrate these these new patients through through the existing system that you have anyway. But you're also making some uh, some movement into the community in a deeper sense with your. Uh, outpatient outpatient yeah. offices. Tell us about this. We are. We you know we 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 decided to open up outpatient facilities throughout Pennsylvania and Florida to become not only, you know, treatment centers, but also assessment centers and, and referral sources for the local communities. Cause yeah. 
All right, so here's uh, what we just did there. We paused for a second because this uh, that was Peter's car that he drives <laughs> in Ford from Park. I have a muffler problem. Explain to people one of the great things that you can come see because I'm looking right at one, it. One of the things, you just yeah, heard. one of the things that we have uh, sponsored since the since day one is this uh, drag racer. It's a top uh, alcohol fuel uh, that runs at Maple Grove and. Uh, they're getting close to being world record holders, so it's it's something we bring out. Kids can get in the car; they start it up. It's it's a lot of fun. All right. So we were right in the midst of talking about the. Um, we're talking about the, what are you pointing at? This yeah, is it moving? The, yeah. Well, sure. Yeah, that's that's moving now. Okay. I hope. Well, we'll find out in a second. Um, you were talking about the. Um, outreach offices that are opening yeah. what, what's the function of those so the outreach is is you know to you know people go in you know not everyone needs the same level of care you have to do a proper assessment and find out what's what's best for them everyone's an individual you know do they need inpatient do they need outpatient do they need individual counseling we do an assessment to to evaluate and, and find out where, where where they need to be you know we um we talk about the people who need to get substance abuse uh, help uh, don't have any confusion about, for the most part, they don't have any confusion about whether or not they're using. They know they're using. Uh, their problems are uh, getting to such a point in time where they can't do that anymore that they get help. People who are suffering from um, from mental health issues might not have that kind of clarity about whether they have a problem. So that's where the intake... The intake people come in where they do that evaluation? Yeah, they, they, do, they do do that. But you'd be surprised how many people do realize that they have a problem, that don't know where to go or are afraid to talk about it. Again, the stigma of having a mental illness is unfortunate in our society. It, it, it labels people something that they're really not. And, and we want to get through that stigma so they can get the help they need and live a, a, a productive life. Well, I think the other thing that, the, that people who have... Well, let's talk a little bit about the sorts of mental uh, problems that you, you, you guys would be prepared to, to deal with and, and the ones that you c- couldn't deal with. Right. Uh, I mean, we deal with almost every aspect of, of, of mental health, you know, whether it's you know, trauma, uh, uh, grief and loss, uh, bipolar disorder, some schizophrenia who are you know, complying with their medications. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, it's a, it's a, a broad broad uh, aspect of, of what mental health consists of so we make sure that you know we do an assessment and we get the right uh, level of care for the patients uh, so what you are not is an what did you an acute psychiatric we're not a, we're not an acute psychiatric facility so you know we're not a lockdown facility it's still a volunteer program when people come in they want to be here uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes family members say, you know, you need to go there, and, and it's it's not against their will so much. But, we, you know, we try to convince them that it's in your best interest to, to get yourself well. And, you know, you have to identify the problem. There's an enormous, there's an enormous amount of, uh, you know, I, I, I'm reluctant to call it dysfunction in the society at large. But it does seem like we're in some kind of spike period with regard to things like depression. And particularly yeah. anxiety, this sort of free-floating anxiety. Right. Um, they're the kinds of things people can can come to retreat and, and at least figure out whether they have a, something that's treatable, right? Yeah. I mean, uncertainty is a, a, what gives a lot of people, yeah. you know, uh, depression and anxiety. And, and you know, the, going to a regular doctor for some symptoms like that, they, they're bound to give them something to for their anxiety, which is... Probably a, a, a benzo 
diazepam, which mm-hmm. is something that is highly addictive, mm-hmm. because not your average doctor knows about mental illness. I mean, they know about the physiology, about things and, and, and medical reasons, but, you know, a pill is not always the answer. So they treat a symptom. That's what they do. They treat a symptom with a pill. That's what doctors know sometimes. That's what they do, yeah. yeah. That's what they do. All right, Peter, thanks so much. We're always, it's always a pleasure to come to, uh, to uh, Fall Fest, and we're going to have some of your folks on today. Your, your, your COO will be joining us, Ken Koza. We've got Jack Sodak. I know who's your executive director now of the Synergy right. Program. And here goes the car. So thank car you. Again. Thank you very much, <laughs> Steve. And we'll see you soon. Thank, thank you, Peter. Stick Take with care. us. We have more of Recovery Radio from Fall Fest. Welcome back to uh, Recovery Radio. A little silence as the band takes a break. We are at Fall Fest 2019. It is a, a annual event, seven years in the running now, that R- Retreat Behavioral Health puts together uh, to remind the community that they're dug in and they are part of it. It really is. It's well attended. The, the community loves it. Uh, the staff and their families are all here. Uh, it is, it's fun. I've been here now three or four years, and I enjoy this. Um, we had the boss on a moment. Now we have his strong right arm. Uh, Ken Koza, who is COO, Chief Operating Officer, uh, and uh, as I said, Peter's strong right arm, and a great friend of this program, I might add. Appreciate uh, that, Steve. Ken Koza. Appreciate you having me on. It's with us. Indeed. Uh, pleasure to see you again. Yes, sir. Um, so now I sound well. I sound good on the radio. Don't you I? do. You yeah, sound no, great. I thought so. He's a big I hope, fan. Uh, I'm recovering from a little cold, so I hope. It you know, every sound. time you're here, you have a problem. You yeah. have well, you have 22 kids. I have five children, and they. <laughs> I had this cold about uh, six weeks for, ago. You've, you've had and, the same cold for six years. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah it's the, it just gets passed around and around and around and around. So we're having fun here, Peter. Yes, you know, Peter explains every year what this is about. I mean, it's important not just when you get to a new uh, place and you're going to open a facility like um, a retreat right. uh, to uh, make friends but then keep those friends going how would you I, I, I mean you guys are really part of this community now I mean right. uh, we've talked to government officials here for years now you guys are really dug in right for sure thanks for saying that so, so yeah good sorry so there's two key points when you're building community relationships so you have the first part is the alumni so when uh, patients come through our doors and they, they seek treatment they get treatment they get the help that they need at the time it's really important that they stay connected um, not only to each other, but services and places where they can feel comfortable and welcome and at home. So you have to give back to those folks and make sure you have those kind of places where they can, they can come. But it's also a responsibility to the community, the community that doesn't understand necessarily what behavioral health care is, uh, what substance abuse issues are, and what mental health issues are. So you, you're providing a forum for that kind of gap to be bridged. It's an intersect for folks who are getting better to continue to have a place where they can feel comfortable but then also for new folks in the community that if you want to break the stigma and help more folks understand that they can get help, yeah. they need to see what that's like firsthand. So you do something like this, it really it really does bold. And because the job of explaining to the community what you're about up here is, is, nev- is never ending if you're conscientious about this. And you guys have just, Peter and I talked about this, you guys have just uh, undergone something, uh, not so much a change, but an expanse and a broadening of, of the areas that you want to help people in. Uh, and, and therein lies the new sort of name uh, behavioral health rather right. than strictly uh, substance abuse so when you when you broaden your services to include did you have to part of what's going on today is to let people understand uh, okay it doesn't mean that we're a psych hospital right? right yeah that's exactly right so you can't educate folks about what happens in a behavioral health care facility or in treatment and also the folks that would be seeking that care unless you show them right the, the, the days of treatment existing in the, in the shadows are long gone. 
right? The, the opioid crisis and the suicide crises have hit every family, every home, every community. It truly is everybody's problem. And if we can't educate those folks on that yeah. and give them a place, so to, 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 to your point, uh, not only do we, commu- do we do community events like this, but we're also expanding our services to into local communities where we already have a stamp through our a residential facility. So we're opening what we call behavioral health care service centers. We partner with local hospitals in various communities, and uh, we develop those relationships because you can't fake it. You can't break down the stigma unless you do it from the, from the ground up in a local community. So those... Uh uh, those I, I'm calling them satellite offices. Behavioral health care service centers. Service. That w- that's the place where, well, in any case, we'll put, we'll put aside the substance abuse mm-hmm. piece for a second. If I'm, uh, if I'm anxious or I'm, it's, right. it's, uh, I'm, uh, I'm depressed all the time and I know I, I go, you know, I got to get some help. That would be the first kind of point of entry, right? Right. I mean, that's a great, that's a great way to segue. So ultimately, it's similar to in healthcare, your primary care physician's office, right? If you look at generalized medicine, there's all different levels of outpatient care. There's all different types of clinics. There's specialists, right? So we're trying to slowly develop that in the behavioral health care. You know, that's fascinating. It didn't occur to me because just recently I had the occasion (laughs) to cut cut my hand and... uh, you know, I said, ah, now i got to go over to the ER. You know what a nightmare that is. My wife said, no, 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 you go to the urgent care thing right. or the minute clinics. This There really is a kind of dispersion of the central area you would rush to. Uh, right. And you guys are now part of that. You're exactly right. In the old days, you went to your emergency room for everything. I saw a great billboard the other day. It, was, it didn't even say who, what company had put it on. I assume it was an urgent care. And it had on one side of the billboard, it said urgent care. And on the other side, it said emergency room. And then it had a list of the type of things that you would go to an urgent care for and a list of the type of things you'd go to an emergency room because they're trying to educate the public on how do you do that. It's the same in our field. Now, we're not there yet. The level of uh, sophistication that we have to continue to develop in terms of uh, the specific nature of how you treat various disorders needs to grow. But the first step in doing that is partnering with local hospitals, coming into the local community and giving folks a place to go where they're not sure yet uh, what they need. Exactly. When people are coming to our residential program, they already know uh, they cut their fingers so badly that they know they need to go see somebody. But if you don't be more diverse than that, preventative care can't happen until you really ingratiate yourself to the local community. So the behavioral health care centers is a really critical part of that. The other thing that you, that you're uh, we're undergoing a change in and guys like you are at the forefront of achieving is not unlike the problem of substance abuse, where the substance abuser and families and friends at the very early stages of this, when, when, when there was a lot of ignorance about it, looked at it as something that, you know, you're responsible for, you're doing this. With, with mental health issues, it's not so much that as, what do you mean you're depressed? Right. Man up. Right. Uh, what do you mean you're, uh, you've got an eating disorder? Stop eating that way. That's got to change, right? Right. There's nothing more stigmatizing than a, a disease you cannot see, right? And mental health and substance abuse are those types of diseases. They're just different in nature. So you're exactly right. And there's differences to the treatments, too, and how that process goes. Uh, and you see some of that stigmatizing even in a treatment center. When you deal with substance use patients, a lot of times you see such a dramatic change in them when they abstain from substances. And you see a total 180. And you know, you see the pictures of like this to then, then to now. But sometimes with mental illness, it's a much more longer-term process. So, twenty percent, fifteen percent improvement is a, is a real positive thing. So, you're trying to kind of educate folks on that too. That you don't need to see somebody go from looking really ill to looking really well. 
it's it's a varying range of how that kind of process is going to go. Ken Koza, who's the uh, chief operating officer for Retreat Behavioral Health, is with us from Fall Fest here in Akron. Um, sixth, seventh year of that now. We're talking about the new, the broader range of services that Retreat uh, provides now as a behavioral health facility, and we're letting you know how dug in they are. They are real good neighbors here in the Lancaster area. Stay with us. We have more of Recovery Radio. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You do great work, Steve. Thank you, sir. We'll be back. Don't we'll wait. Hi, and welcome back to Recovery Radio. Steve Martirano and uh, my band and orchestra playing in the background. Uh, this is Recovery Radio. We are broadcasting as we do every year this time from uh, Retreats uh, Fall Fest, which is a community event they have in the Lancaster County area to uh, thank the community for their uh, support and remind people that they are uh, they are neighbors and uh, we're all in this together. Fall Fest is a lot of fun. If you're ever in this area at this time of the year, uh, Fall Fest is something the whole family would enjoy. Uh, Retreat Behavioral Health now, as I tell you every week, they, they underwrite this program. They've been our partners and sponsors for a long time, and they do it in the best possible spirit. This is an educational and informational program. That's what this program is dedicated to. Um, Retreat has helped lots and lots of people, both in the substance abuse uh, side and now in the broader area of behavioral health and mental health issues. But they don't advertise on this program uh, to give you the impression they're the only place. They're a great place. But they want you to listen to this program. I want you to listen to the program as an informational guide to answer whatever questions you may have about those issues. And more and more people are affected, not only by the substance abuse problem that's raging through the country, but certainly the mental health issues. So when we tell you you call Retreat for information, that's what you'll get. You will get good information. You will get answers to your questions. Retreat Behavioral Health now. And we'll tell you what all that means straight ahead. Jack Sodak is with us. Jack is a longtime contributor to the program. He was just reminding me you were on one of the very earliest shows yes. of, uh, of uh, Recovery Radio. You've been on several times in, uh, in his capacity as director of the Outpatient Clinic in Akron in, in, uh, in Lancaster County. And now he has expanded duties as the executive director of Synergy Health Programs. He's going to tell us what that is ahead. Jack Sodak, Sodak uh, welcome to the program. Well, thanks, Steve. It's nice so, to have me. So here we are. We're in Jack's backyard. As a matter of fact, this is in the Akron uh, facility of retreat where where uh, Jack holds uh, f- holds fort. Now, so tell us what the new expanded uh, responsibilities involve. Great. So, uh, so Retreat Behavioral Health uh, has Premier Addiction Treatment Center as one line of service and help ability to help folks who are struggling with substance abuse issues and the Synergy Health Programs is our second new line of service, and that's for folks who are struggling with behavioral health, uh, mental health uh, issues specifically. So we can provide mental health residential uh, and an outpatient level of care. So that's either traditional outpatient and evaluation, uh, intensive outpatient, or partial hospitalization, which means five days a week, five hours a day, uh, full programming. So you can get to see a psychiatrist, you can follow up with a primary therapist or psychologist who's uh, licensed, and uh, and then get specific uh, specialized care for particular issues. Whether it's, so, uh, it's sort of the same model as, as, as the pure substance abuse. Uh, very much so, and but, but specific and different. So it can be somebody that has co-occurring uh, substance abuse as well as drug and alcohol and now their mental health issues are really uh, taking over and affecting them in their early recovery perhaps mm-hmm. or 
It could be somebody who doesn't have a substance abuse issue at all, and they need uh, day-to-day contact with therapy to kind of help because their, their life is maybe they're experiencing difficulties because of depression, bipolar disorder, uh, uh, PTSD, and the like. You know what's interesting about this now that I, th- I think about it? Uh, the, the difficult part in getting somebody into a pure substance abuse uh, facility or treatment is not so much they're recognizing that they have a problem, but they're finally being willing to yes. do something about it. Yes. On the pure mental health side, though, there's a, there's, I, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a difference there. It's not so much that uh, people are reluctant to do it. It's that they really don't know whether they have a problem Well, that's yeah, right? the thing, right? It's, so it's, uh, it's very ambiguous sometimes. So they know they have depression, for example, but they don't know specifically what type of depression they might have. Well, and they don't know do whether they need to, Yeah, and they don't know what they need to do. Uh, particularly for men. I mean, I just I was talking to somebody, uh, you know, recently that uh, said, you know, it was really hard for me to come here and, and get help, but I'm, I'm glad I did, but I'm still wondering, uh, am I in the right place? Am I in the right spot? After about a five-minute conversation with him, he's like, I'm so happy I talked to you because I'm definitely glad I came here now. So that's a very, that, that, resi- that uh, resistance, like if you want to call it that, or that ambiguity, about what is going on here is a very common uh, experience for folks when they come in through treatment finally and then they finally realize like they really do need to be here and sometimes that takes a day or two uh, but that's that's very common yeah yeah uh, the on the uh, on the substance abuse side uh, the stigmas attached used to be wealth just stop doing that just stop that behavior right. there's a similar similar kind of societal notion about things like depression anyway absolutely where come on man brighten up what are you what are you depressed about right right, right. so this well, is the kind of place where you come and find out right so I, I, one of our biggest goals i would imagine for the synergy health program is to minimize the stigma and, and to accept that i have this illness and I, I can do something about it though so i have some hope that I can learn to manage my illness, if it's depression, if it's bipolar uh, disorder or something like that. And and also, uh, so a big part of that is just making sure that I understand what specifically it is and what my own particular triggers are and then how can I continue to manage my life and manage this illness so that it doesn't impact my day-to-day living and, and contribute to my uh, continued hope, hopelessness. Is a big uh, a big part. A lot of folks come in there feeling really they're really beating themselves up. It's really their illness beating themselves up inside of them. But it's not as uh, it's not as specific as a, a physical illness, right. you know. So or even uh, a substance abuse problem. It's not as manifested right. as that, right? Right. Right. I mean, we live in a sort of horribly golden age of anxiety. I mean, I, I understand the figures on the number of young women who suffer from anxiety is breathtaking, right? Right, absolutely. So a lot of young folks, you know, with the electronic age, you know, there's a there's constant pressure to be on, on the Internet, Snapchatting, uh, Instagramming, uh, uh, tweeting, uh, whatever else, Facebooking, uh, MySpace, and, and people are just they're always having contact. So even when there's really no break from it, so there's always this uh, pressure to perform and always uh, have to be interacting. We had a um, occasion, uh, I guess a week or so ago, on the program to have a uh, middle school guidance counselor on. And when we, the issue of social media came up, I said, well, you know, most people are still, uh, and 
ambivalent about whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess we have to let social media play itself out for a while longer, and then the jury can come in. And he said, well, maybe that's true in general, Steve, but I'm telling you, there is nothing good about the Internet in a middle school context. He said, <laughs> all right. there is nothing good about it. can certainly understand that. I mean, we're trying to find our identity, and then a lot of times we learn about who we are by, by socializing and uh Socializing through the internet sometimes can be a very alienating and isolating experience. Well, that you know, that pressure to be twenty-four-seven a kid is uh, relentless and can lead to a whole slew of of uh, mental health uh, right. problems. Right. We always talk about uh, in the drug and alcohol side of things. We always talk about the opioid epidemic because it's it's very obvious, and we're trying. You know, we we've, we've made a lot of progress in helping with that recently. But there's really a, there's really an epidemic, I think, with anxiety and depression with young folks right now. Yeah, you know what's interesting? I have seen the shift. It's been subtle and, and away from a purely laser-like focus on the opioid crisis, which of course is understandable yes. because it was so devastating and was killing so many people. But to a broader notion of, well, how come so many people are, 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 are racing to drug and alcohol um, uh, substances, we must have a bigger problem here, mm-hmm. which, is, which is one of the reasons a place like Retreat would expand its services to acknowledge that fact, right? Absolutely. We just want to reach more lives. I mean, our whole purpose here is to try to help more people and uh, whether it's in the community and then help folks, educate folks in the community. So we do a lot of work out in the community as well. Uh, you know, anti-heroin task force, um, you know, mental health in the workplace kind of seminars and out in the community. Um, but, but really the essence of retreat is just to kind of uh, find a place to kind of find hope and get connected with other people who are struggling so I can feel better about myself. And, and, uh, and I realize that I'm not alone. Yeah. Again, that shares something very similar with how you treat pure substance abuse yes, issues. But there's strength, in, there's strength in numbers and a sense that you're not alone. How does it, uh, with regard to the people who could avail themselves of the mental health, uh, synergy health programs that you guys now provide, is there an age when you see these people? Or can you take you take people at any age, or how does that work? We, uh, we, we are at this point, we can start with uh, teenagers, uh, but right now we have mostly adults, young adults, and adults coming in, adult age 18 to uh, and older. If someone comes to, uh, uh, we, we talked to uh, Ken Koza and, uh, and Peter Shore a little earlier about these satellite offices that are going to be opened yes. up where people can come in and get their e- evaluations done. Tell right. us how they, how they work. So we have these uh, behavioral health uh, service centers, and so whether it's in Philadelphia, uh, Lansdale, Miami, uh, here in Lancaster, as well as uh, uh, out by Lake Worth, uh, but we're also wanting to expand those. But really, we're trying to, to partner up with hospital systems and community organizations in those communities and provide services that they don't have and that they are requesting that they need. So some of those offices might have a mental health uh, PHP and IOP, a drug and alcohol PHP and IOP, and then maybe there's more uh, there's more community services coming out of that group. One, one office in particular right now, there's a... Uh, a big request for chronic pain uh, services, so we're trying to find the right professionals to kind of get in that office and help with that. So we're trying to just match what's needed in that particular community with that particular institution that's not able to provide the service, but there's folks in that area, in that neighborhood that is really requesting that service. So we're trying to be flexible. That's interesting. So someone listening to this, they're 
either anxious or they're, they're depressed or they're having mood swings that they're not sure are normal mood swings or something right. more serious. This, you would be the kind of people they would call Absolutely. and say, what's going on with me? Yeah, I mean, oftentimes folks are coming in and they're not sure. And so they meet with a licensed therapist or a psychologist. And then they meet with a psychiatrist. Uh, and then usually by the end of that uh, process, then we'll really be able to kind of clear up what's happening and then what they're in establishing goals and objectives for a treatment plan. And if they need treatment, what type of treatment. Jack, thanks so much. Always a pleasure to see you. I see Jack all the time. See you, Steve. Because I... I in the basement of his building. He's my, he's my landlord. Uh, Jack Sodak, the executive director of Synergy Health Programs. We are at Fall Fest here on the campus of Retreat Behavioral Health in Akron, and we've got more on Recovery Radio. Don't go away. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. This is um, our third or fourth year, I can't recall now, uh, broadcasting a kind of retrospective on Fall Fest which is a community event that the Retreat Behavioral Health holds in the area uh, in Lancaster County where they have both an outpatient uh, and a residential facility uh, here in the uh, Lancaster area. It's, it's, it's well attended. The public really looks forward to it. As you can hear, they got a decent band playing, which is always a plus. So we're uh, always grateful to be uh, part of that. We have been using the, the occasion of FanFest to talk about retreats expanded range of services now that's that's just occurred very recently. They have gone from a purely drug and alcohol uh, or substance abuse uh, facility to a behavioral health facility which deals with that as well, but also a broader issue concerning uh, mental health. And to that end, we are real happy to have the, one of the primary uh, clinicians who is the uh, responsibility uh, falls right into that. Tom uh, Lonecker. Did I get it right? Lonecker. Close, close oh, enough. No, tell me how I get, get it for me right. Longenecker. Longenecker. Yeah. Easy enough, Longenecker. Uh, Tom, thanks for uh, for joining us on the program. Did I get that right? You're, you're the guy people need to come and see, right? I'm uh, the inpatient primary clinical specialist there at Retreat, dealing with our Synergy program. Right. Which is... Uh, Specific, specifically mental health issues, but it can also be dual diagnosis. So we've got a good number of patients who come through where they do have some addictive issues, do have that as a substance issue, substance abuse issue, along with mental health, but uh, that's not necessary. So some of our synergy patients are specifically fully mental health diagnosis. Tom, one of the things we've been talking about is that uh, when someone has a substance abuse problem, there's very little confusion about it. Uh, they pretty much know that they're uh, at some point they've got a problem. Uh, it's at that point they either get to a uh, facility and get help, or, or they don't. Uh, mental health issues, when they're a standalone item, that's a little bit different. Can you talk a little bit about what what people need to be aware of when they're sort of self-evaluating themselves with an eye towards, am I having a problem? Is this a problem? What should they look for? I think one of the primary issues with any of that, particularly when you're looking for an inpatient place, is how much is this interfering with my life and my able to function in my life, the quality of my relationships, uh, just able to be productive in society. Uh, you know, some of the things that people, other people might see are, you know, extreme isolation, uh, just just difficulty managing through life. Uh, everything blows up. Everything's harder. I think that's a. It maybe might be a little still too ambiguous, but a lot of it is. I'm looking at my life, and it's just not. Cylinders aren't firing. Yeah, no, it yeah. makes perfect sense. And you, yeah, you're right. Nothing's a problem until it becomes one, right? Right. Uh, right. But with regard to the, to the to the mental health piece, 
at what point should people go, yes, it's doing all these things. It is interfering with my quality of life. I, I have trouble getting out of bed or something, whatever it is. They can see all that. But they wonder, is, isn't this something I ought to just be able to handle? I mean, and I think, and that's actually one of the great struggles because we do have this great sense that I should be able to pull myself up by, by my own bootstraps. Cheer up, right. right? Right, exactly. But the difficulty is, well, I, I can't jolly up, I can't cheer up. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, and I look out and I don't think it's kind of a kind of a uh, idiosyncratic that uh, at the same degree to which I don't think there's hope and I don't have the energy to do something different right. is that that's also the time to do something different and, and come in Cause, because it's, it's, it's that kind of sense of despair, that kind of hopelessness, that spiritual malaise that is such an indicator of this is probably something you could have done earlier before we get here, but that's actually the that's actually kind of one of the turning points but okay this is probably the time that's such a great that's such a great uh, insight because it couldn't be clearer that if you are you know on a path trying to get better and you run out of highway yeah yeah that's well said <laughs> you, yeah. you may you may want to go I, you know something's wrong here <laughs> I gotta find out how to get back uh, back on the road I want again I know that you co-occurring uh, situations mm-hmm. have been there all the time it's one of the reasons right. retreats one of the better places they always recognize there was a mental health issue but I do want to focus on the pure mental health mm-hmm. standalone problem because that's what's new about Synergy uh, health programs here. Uh, young women, it's not unique to young women, but certainly it's a huge problem among young women. And that is uh, this kind of free-floating anxiety mm. that exists. And it can be, as you described it, debilitating. It, it can keep people from having a really uh, happy and full life. Are, are they willing... Are they? Is some of the stigma about that... Um, lifting for young women? Are they recognize it as, as a problem rather than, well, I'm just not as pretty or as successful as those people? And I think that, I think there's certainly that there's some specific characteristics around anxiety with, with women and with young women, um, but I think we see that with, with men also and young, young males. Yeah. Um, in terms of stigma, I think men and women respond to it differently um, or how, the, how, how society perceives that differently. And I suspect there might, the, different, the stigmas are different. How you? How do men? How do men? My suspicion is that men respond to it differently by not talking about it. Men don't talk about it. Men um, uh, have a much, much more guarded, I think, inner life as a whole. And you know, anytime we generalize across genders, we're yeah, we're making mistakes with that. Uh, whereas I think women, some of that can sometimes be cast as uh, that's just how she is. It's normalized. Yes, it, it becomes normalized so that so it's not as or she's too sensitive. That's 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 a that's a good one. That's a good one. A lot of people. She's just too sensitive. 150 years ago, they would call it the vapors. Yes. Right. Yes. Right, right. Um, uh, Tom, in the couple of minutes, a minute or so we have left, um, one of the things I know that Synergy Health Programs through Retreat now would be particularly well suited for in the mental health area is first responders. Are you, mm-hmm. are you, hearing, are you, are you hearing from a lot of people in that? category? Um, I don't know that we've had a lot of first responders in Synergy as of this point. We've had, always had a significant number um, in substance abuse. Substance abuse. Because, and again, because there's such an issue of trauma and repeated trauma um, that never really gets dealt with. Right. That um, leads to uh, that leads, uh, substance that, abuse. That's part and parcel with that as well as, I mean, we've also seen that with, uh, you know, men, well, p- people in just uh, hard labor jobs where they're engaging with they're, they're terrified every day on the job. They're dangling 250 feet in the, in the in, off of a pole, right? But they're not going to go talk about that no, to anybody. No. But but that adds up across two decades of work of life. Tom, <coughs> we thank you for spending a little bit of time with us. Uh, Tom uh, Lonaker is um, with Retreat. And, 
their behavioral health facility. He's a primary clinician. We thank you. Thank you. The show. We thank everybody that's uh, helped us today get the program on the air. And uh, you should look for uh, Recovery Radio, as I tell you every week, wherever uh, finer uh, podcasts are, <laughs> are given away. Um, if I can just find the button to push, I can say goodbye. Bye-bye. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.